With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reindler. Welcome to Gridwalk with thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. Bedpost Carlos is one of the great New Zealand retailers, and we're going to have a very Kiwi flavour about today's show. Gridwalk goes out across the entire SEN network and well and truly into SENZ. And Carl, would you like to tell our audience who our special guest today is? Our special guest today is the one and only current Formula One driver, Liam Lawson. Kiwi uh, obviously did a, an outstanding job over the last uh, four four races he's done in Formula One now. So, uh, yeah, excited to have a chat with Liam. And I've got a, a long-standing relationship with Liam. He was, uh, he was a bit of a trouble child for me back in F4, back in, I think it was 2016 or 2017. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. How cool is it that we get Liam Lawson? We get to ask him all of the questions we've been posing throughout every single episode of Gridwalk to this point, Carlos. And the, you know, actually, by the way, you know how many people keep asking me, is his name really Carlos? I love the fact that we're promulgating this one, mate. How good is that? Would you like to tell everyone what your actual name is? Because I call you basically whatever comes to mind. Whatever works for you, Cam. Carlos works for me. But yeah, Carl, Carl ordinarily for most people. But hey, whatever works. And I'm wearing your uniform today. I'm, uh, I've been working over uh, in Adelaide with Motorsport Australia, and I feel like you, Carl. I've got the FIA logo on and everything. Not that anyone can see us on radio, but uh, I'm feeling very officious. I, uh, I'm jealous that I'm not there in Adelaide, although I, this is the first time I've actually been to the Melbourne studio since we started this show. I've, been, uh, I've just got back from Qatar. In fact, I need, uh, need to contact Temper, actually, because I've been struggling with uh, some serious <laughs> jet lag since getting back from Qatar on, uh, late on Monday night. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a wild race. I think we should probably start talking about Qatar. Uh, obviously, the heat was the first thing. And I can tell you, being on the, on the ground there in my very nice air-conditioned Aston Martin medical car, I was coping just fine. But the second and you stood outside it was you know north of 40 degrees 42 43 and inside the to give everyone a bit of perspective inside the cabin so to speak uh, the cockpit of the the formula one cars it's got to be 15 to 20 degrees hotter than ambient so we're talking close to 60 degrees inside those cars pulling five or six g's uh, and it's a fast uh, track as well yeah the tire strategy everyone had to pit three times which meant every single lap of the race was like a qualifying lap. So there was no rest period for anyone. And if your car wasn't performing well, you were going to be struggling out there. Yeah, it's uh, it certainly was. I mean, we were doing the lead up to that race, weren't we? Having that wonderful chat. We were talking to Michael Smith about the regulation changes. We were talking about mandated pit stops and all sorts of stuff. 
I'm I'm intrigued because Sean Kelly, our mate virtual stat man, he's not joining us this week. We'll get him on another couple of shows this year. But he was tweeting afterwards how good it was to see them have to run all three compounds in the race and how much it shook up, I guess, the strategies. What did you think, Carl? You were there on the deck. I know you and Sean are now starting to become lifelong friends here. But uh, do you like this idea of basically making them run on every different type of compound? I don't mind it at all. I think it's a good thing in a lot of ways. It's not till you're forced in, into that situation that you can kind of experiment. You know, they don't like to change the rules too drastically over a season, but the, they had some genuine concerns around the ties. And I don't think it's any fault of Pirelli's here as well. I think it's important to mention that. The, the curbs, we, we touched on the, the size of the curbs and how aggressive they were at, uh, at the circuit in LaSalle there. Um, they were 50 millimetres high, but they're serrated. And they're hitting them with, you know, five or six Gs lateral. And it's just shaking the the heck out of those those tyres to the point that they actually started delaminating internally. So that's the kind of load. But when you force them into only being able to do 18 laps at a time, force them into doing, you know, a three-stop strategy, you actually see some really hard racing. There's no – go on. Yeah. I was just going to say, did that play into why they were so wrecked at the end of that race? I mean, Oscar Piastri, Max Verstappen, who never looks like he's dishevelled, never looks like he's pushed. Those drivers in the green room before the podium or the podium room, they were they were out on their feet. Do you think it was because they had to run those tyres at the maximum for the entire race duration? I think it 100% contributed to it. Um, I mean, the temperature... It's funny, on the Sunday night, uh, after we spoke last week, the, the humidity went up from, you know, it's super dry out there, it's in the desert, but for some reason it went from sort of 5% humidity to 90, you know, 90 to 95% humidity, plus you had the, you know, the temperature to go with it. So you had that, I, I absolutely agree with your statement. Yes, I think the intensity of the race definitely contributed to the fatigue, but I've, I've never seen, like I've been to some of the really tough races over the last couple of years. Baku last year, remember the, the oscillating that the, the cars were doing, the vibrating, that, that was just destroying the drivers. So I remember seeing Lewis after the race there and he was not in a good way. A guy who prides himself and is one of the fittest guys going around. Um, so definitely uh, that was a big factor and it was it was like a war scene after the race. I mean, I can't go into too many too many details about who and uh, and 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 the circumstances, but it has been reported that there were, I think, three or four drivers that ended up in the medical center after the race. So, anyone out there who doesn't think that these guys, these Formula One drivers, are, are not athletes, is they're, they're kidding themselves. These guys, uh, they're they're pushing to the point that they are. You know, they're they're passing out in the car. I mean, I'd hate I'd hate to see a catastrophic accident happen off the back of it. And and there's talks at the moment about addressing um, well these, these issues around here. So yeah, go on. Let's get into track limits now because my track limits actually has a little bit to do with this, Carl. And, and I hopefully won't get too controversial. And I'm going to protect you, Mr. FIA. I know you'll never ever step outside the bounds. That's part of our agreement. But uh, let's let's go on. Let's get into track limits. Track limits for temper. A mattress like no other. Proud sponsors of the Formula One on SEN. Okay, that was a third stroke of track limits. You've now been given the black and white flag. Is Cam inside or outside the track? Now, fair dinkum, Carl. There was a chat that they're going to add air conditioning to Formula One cars. How much more do these drivers need? We get power steering, assisted this, assisted that, throw in air conditioning, and you may as well put them out in a bloody Tesla. What is going on? Why do we need 
air conditioning even coming into the conversation. I think if we have to go down that path, I mean, we're already throwing away the wet weather tyre because it's, it's too dangerous. And I get that. Don't worry. I get that. I understand what you're saying. But, Carl, are they serious about air conditioning? If that comes in, I think we should all just go and play another another game. I don't know. What, what It is ridiculous. I, I quite like this one, Cam. I, you always make me nervous before these track limits uh, conversations. I, I've got a bit of consideration. Firstly, I think at the moment it, it is a genuine safety issue. Like when you're talking about guys passing out in the car, Logan Sargent had to pull out of the race before it was even finished. He didn't have a damaged car. He just had to had to pull the pin on it. He, he couldn't physically continue any longer. These guys train and prepare. They spend time in saunas and, you know, uh, you know sit on treadmills in 45 degrees, 60 degree saunas, whatever it is. But I, I think there is a genuine safety issue. Air conditioning in cars, I don't think is the best possible solution uh, on face value. I think there's better solutions. I mean, the time of year to be racing at Qatar, firstly, I know for a fact next year that Qatar race is six weeks later and six weeks in Qatar can make all the difference. But I, I think it needs to be physical. You want to, you want to see some mistakes. You want to see them having, you know, unforced errors out there on the track. That's what makes it a sport. Uh, That's what makes it entertaining. Um, But obviously without compromising on the safety side of things. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, air conditioning in cars. I mean, you probably heard the same saying. I, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, there'll be someone out there who corrects me. I think it was a Hemingway quote. There's only three real sports in this world. There was, uh, it was motor racing, bullfighting, and mountaineering. And I think the world has changed since, uh, since that quote came out. But I, I loved that about our sport. There was this element of danger. You went out onto a track, you know, in the 50s and 60s, if you didn't know someone that had been killed in motorsport, you, you know, hadn't been around that long. Um, I think it's great that we haven't had a, a death in the sport for a really long time and it's, it keeps getting better and better and safer year after year. We've seen the halo save countless number of lives in both F1, F2 and F3, but air conditioning, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm inside track limits with this, Cole. I, I just like tasing, uh, taking the opposing argument just 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 because it's you, mate. But uh, on, on this situation, I, I have to agree with you. I think air conditioning is a bit far fetched. I mean, how how precious do they want to? Uh, yeah. By the way, <laughs> if anyone of our uh, our ball sport loving uh, audience would like to take Carl on, saying that I think you oh. were just basically saying football isn't a sport. Is that what I just heard you say, Carl Reinler? It was a quote from someone else from about 50 years ago. Before, before, before anyone watched a game of AFL overseas, I don't think Ernest Hemingway ever watched a game of footy. But uh, no, that was a, it was just a quote I was referencing. It's a proper sport where there's element, I don't know. there's danger. You can Our hurt producer, Chris, can hear the backing up beep, beep, beep as you make your way away from a statement on a footy channel. Let's be honest on SEN. I'm loving the fact this is awesome, mate. Now, the, there's the a heap point, of people joining us. Yeah, no, let me just get what, the Liam Lawson bit out because a lot of people on. are joining us for Liam Lawson. He'll be joining us on the other side of this break coming up shortly. Uh, and I just had to just stop your run there. And Carl Reinler, we're going to put this on the record, said there is no sport outside of motorsport, which which I don't necessarily disagree that is with. A but I'm also. That is a... <laughs> There it is. That's Carl oh, walking away right from his statement. <laughs> I, so I, I, 1, 1300 736 736 or you can text in on uh, the 40 Weeks Temper text line 0433 98 11 16 to join in the conversation. Uh, you're tuning in to Gridwalks with, with thanks to Bedpost and the statement at the moment. Actually, I'm, I'm going to almost pivot my track limits to Carl's statement. No, we'll stick with 
air conditioning. They're kidding themselves. If air conditioning ever comes anywhere near Formula One, we may as well start playing another sport. That's my position, and I, and I hold that one. But were they genuinely – was that seriously floated? You, you're in the paddock. You're entrenched there. Was that genuinely floated as an idea? Oh, there were some quotes in the press afterwards. I think a couple of the drivers, you know, they were asked, what do you think the solution is to this? And I think the simplest solution is to go to the appropriate locations around the world where it's not 40 degrees at, you know, 10 p.m. at night. But, uh, you know, they're explored. I think you've got to explore other options, but I just don't, I agree with you on this one. I just don't think air conditioning in Formula One is, uh, is where it's at. Track limits with thanks to Temper. Jason Nicholas, by the way, has been uh, listening in. He wants us to ask. Jason Nicholas being the managing director of Temper and a wonderful supporter of SEN and, and this show in particular and Formula One. He's, he said he wants us to ask Liam if he's sleeping on a uh, on a Temper and uh, whether he can get in on that. Jason, this is we're, we're hard-hitting editorial, mate. We can't do these sorts of things, can we, Carl? Of course not. Of course not. Um, this is a nice bed in there for me. <laughs> Spot on. All right, guys, you're tuned in to Gridwalk. We're going to take a break. On the other side of this, we'll hopefully have Liam Lawson joining us for this show. He'll be dialing in from the other side of the world. We're going to extend between our breaks. We're going to maximise our time with him because there's a lot of questions. If you've got a question you'd like asked of Liam while we've got him, anything to do with where he ends up next year? Does he stay in the Red Bull family? Does he become a Williams driver? Does he go and tap Lance Stroll on the shoulder and say, Lawrence, I'll be your son for now? One of these things could come up. Remember, call us, one 736 The best way to get a question in, though, whilst we're talking to him is on the 40 Winks Temper text line, 0433 We're going to take a break now on Gridwalk. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433 You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reindler. Welcome back to Gridwalk, and it's time now for our special guest. He's uh, just come off a stint in Formula One, Carl Reinler. You called him your problem child of Formula Four back <laughs> in the day. How good is it to have Liam Lawson on the show? Liam, you are going out around Australia, and I think everyone in New Zealand is in love with Formula One again as a result of you, mate. Congratulations on such a great showing in your time in F1 for now, and hopefully very big things to come. Thank you very much. I really like that uh, that reference from uh, from F4 because, um, to be <laughs> honest, looking back, um, I was definitely uh, I, w- I would say I was definitely a problem child, especially for for Carl. So um, yeah, but it's good to obviously um, good to have to have driven an F1, done these done these five races. Um, the obviously the recent one was was definitely more tricky, and and you always want to finish on a high, but. Um, I think overall it's been it's been I mean it's been a really good thing for me to have done. But uh, Carl here, g'day, and yes, you were a problem child back in F4, but for the absolute <laughs> best, I think you've got to push the boundaries, and I love that about you. And uh, obviously, uh, I've been really fortunate to be at three of the four F1 races that you did. I was at Singapore, I was at uh, Suzuka, of course, which was uh, which was fantastic, and and of course Qatar on the weekend. We had some brief chats while we were up there. Um, I, I want to really understand what. You know, it's been a whirlwind trip for you. We've had some brief conversations. I had a quick chat to you after the Qatar race. And and that looks like, I mean, I saw some of the drivers, you included. Uh, you, you're in good nick. You look after yourself. But that was, that's got to be one of the toughest races you've ever done. Qatar was, um, Qatar was different. And the thing is, you go to Singapore early because you know it's going to be a tough race. So you go and acclimatize, you train there and... and 
it's this it's it's a known thing so you sort of prepare for it but um with Qatar nobody knew it was going to be like that I think nobody expected it to be tough I think we all expected it to be a bit warm but um for some reason on that on that Sunday it was it was just got really humid into the night and um and then the race just ended up being uh, so physical and and it wasn't yeah you know, just we, nobody really expected it. it wasn't something that we talked about before as being one of the extremely tough tough races so you know when you're 20 laps in and you're looking down at your dash and you're seeing lap 20 and you're feeling you know basically completely finished um it was definitely a mentally a, a tricky one to 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 base it. and and also I th- I'm thinking I'm the only guy <laughs> that's struggling <laughs> until I saw you and everybody else you know get out of the car afterwards and everybody's in that FIA room and just basically passed out on the floor then I realized okay maybe I'm not the only one but up until that point I didn't really know yeah, hundred percent, mate. It was a it was a grueling race to to watch, and there were a lot of drivers who were fatigued. And being completely honest with you, mate, you look like the, you coped quite well with it. Um, you uh, you said to me after the race that the car wasn't performing as well as you'd hoped. It was sort of it was a little bit up and down. I think over the the races that you did, there were there were moments where you felt the car was was strong and it, and you could drive it well with confidence. But but it seems like the uh, the Alpha Tauri at the moment it's it's a little bit up and down or hit and miss. How much did that contribute to the difficulty on Sunday? I think we've been overall reasonably strong, consistently in qualifying um, in in the races that we've done uh, as a team. You know, I think we've been on the door of Q3 quite a few times, um, obviously making it one time and then Yuki making it in Japan. So I think that the speed of the car is has been quite good, but we have not basically managed to make it work in, in the race. Um, Singapore, we... we I mean, sing, I think it's quite a unique track being a street circuit. Um... And with a couple of retirements, we did make it work. But then Japan, we were quite, you know, we were P11 and 12, but we were quite, you know, I think we were 20 seconds away from points. Um, and it, it was it was definitely a tricky race. And then Qatar, obviously, we we definitely didn't have the same speed. We were not so close to Q3. And, uh, and then in the race, we were really, really struggling. So I think it's not, um, it's a couple of things. I think really... It comes down to we we tried to to make something work with the car and and um, almost go a bit over with the change that we would normally do, and um, I think it didn't it just didn't work in the end. Um, we just didn't have the speed. Now Liam Cam Vandenberg, mate, it's um, it's awesome that you've been able to make a yourself available for Gridwalk today, and all of our Kiwi listeners will kill me if I don't get into this uh, this next question. Where are we going to see you pop up next year? I know you, you, you're, you're doing deals. Grant, your uh, manager's working hard. Everyone else behind you is working hard to get you the right seat. For you, though, having to get out of the seat now, that must be incredibly frustrating. And then looking forward, trying to find the right seat. I know there's a lot that goes into it, but for you, mate, certainty is everything in motorsport, isn't it? And what do you want out of next year? Um, I mean, that's exactly it. And, and obviously, there's always so much talk and, and um, no matter how much – no matter how positive or, or um, what people are, are saying, uh, it's, it's for me until I have obviously a, a contract in, in my hand that I'm I'm a, I'm a driver, um, then I, I think I'll be satisfied. But right, obviously right now I don't have that. So um, it's, I think for me, I just have to look at it in a way that, you know, two months ago um, I was definitely not being heavily considered for, for Formula One um, and almost felt, to be honest, felt like it was starting to slip away a little bit. 
Um, and I think now with this opportunity, that's that's really helped that. And um, and at least maybe there's there's an opportunity in the future. But honestly, right now it's um, it nothing is you know nothing is is confirmed for me. It's going into next year as as reserve. Um, and and at the moment, that's that's all it is to be honest. Yep. So reflecting on the last last few races, you've you've had this amazing opportunity. I feel you've you've grabbed it with both hands. I, I actually remember the moment after the Singapore race, mate, um, when Nico Hulkenberg came up to you, looked you in the eyes after a grueling Singapore Grand Prix, and uh, and he said, "Welcome to Formula One." I thought that was such a kick-ass <laughs> moment to hear. I feel like the drivers have all embraced you straight away as one of their own. But the question I have for you is. Um, Reflecting on the last few races, do you feel like, from your perspective, there's been no stone unturned? You've done everything possible to position yourself for a, you know, for a for a seat next year. I think that was that was the approach every weekend was basically to to get to the end of it. And the whole for me it was constantly thinking, and that's why, in a way, I didn't. I would say I didn't enjoy it as much as maybe I should have, or as much as maybe people would think, obviously driving in Formula One, you guys would probably get it more, but it's, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, uh, oh, this must be, you must be having so much fun right now, but really it's, it's not like that. I'm, I'm every weekend knowing that I don't really know if I'm going to drive the next race after this. So this could be the last time I drive. I need to basically make sure that I get to the end of this stint, however long it lasts and, and look back on it and know that there's absolutely nothing more that, I could have done so um and honestly after qatar i mean no matter how 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 much obviously um i put into that race to, to just get to the end and and um and finish obviously to be to be that far away from points and be that slow was um was pretty frustrating and that one it's it's hard to to look at and go yeah we we, we really did everything there but i would say for for the other races um i definitely felt like we we achieved the maximum well, Liam, Greg Rust and I were calling the race in Singapore and I saw a lovely moment of embrace um, after the race with you and Rusty. He gave you a big hug. I swear that guy is just in love with your result there. But one of the stories I loved going into that weekend was you, you and your dad we, you know, were always going to go. He was going to take you to Singapore. You got to take your family to Singapore and get points there. So I know you're saying you didn't enjoy it as much as you could, but that's because you're a professional driver just starting your career. Did you allow yourself a moment of enjoyment that you brought your family to a race and you got points for not only your family but also for New Zealand yeah that that one was very special and I would say that obviously because it was the best result but also because it was that specific race Singapore was was the highlight for me um but mainly because yeah I had basically had, had my family there um and as you say it was something that honestly since I was a kid since I was seven years old um my dad would like, he promised me every year that we'd We'd go to Singapore, um, and in the end, obviously, we, we didn't. So with this opportunity I had, um, obviously, I don't know how many times I'm going to get to the Singapore Grand Prix, and, and um, we definitely made the call. It was, you know, to, to basically get them get them all over for it, which was, um, yeah, which was obviously really, really cool. But at the same time, I'd, I'd basically, I'd found out that weekend, you know, before even before qualifying, I knew that I wasn't driving next year. Um, I, I knew basically what my position was going to be, but obviously it wasn't announced and, and none of the media also knew that. Um, so I had to, you know, go through that whole weekend basically with everybody being very positive around me. But obviously I knew inside that I wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be driving next year. Um, so at the same time, that was also, it almost made things worse.
Yeah, but I guess it would have been satisfying as well to get the points after you were told that, just for yourself and in your own psyche. And, and Liam, I'm just going to swing across to New Zealand as well, mate, because this is probably something you're not even going to look at until later on in your life and your career, but you're one of only 10 New Zealanders that have raced in Formula One. We've been, I've been doing that many radio crosses into New Zealand in the middle of a, a World Cup for rugby in a country that goes crazy about the All Blacks, and you've become almost topic number one there, mate. Uh, have you given yourself a moment to realise what you're doing for your sport in that country and in this beautiful part of the world that has such a rich history, you know, Bruce McLaren being one of the first one out there. And uh, I mean, have you given yourself a moment to realise what you're doing in New Zealand? Because I know you're so far away from it, but it is it is in love with Formula One again. Yeah, uh, and it's something that's, um, it's for me, it's it's obviously for, for myself, for my for my uh, dream is, is to obviously be a Formula One driver, but something that's become a lot more real in the last couple of years is um is understanding what it what it actually means for for new zealand as well because it, we have a very um we have this almost um this understanding that it's it's impossible to go to formula one and since i was a kid i was always told it's impossible to go to formula one um and and which is not really right especially when you're when you're so young i mean i'm i'm getting told this at at eight nine years ten years old and now i go back home and i and when i go to the go-kart track and i see these kids um and whether they ask for a photo or something like that and i ask them what they want to do they say oh i want to be a formula one driver but it's impossible so i'm going to try and do this and you know when i'm getting told that by a a nine-year-old kid they can do anything they want at that age you can't you can't um have that that already this expectation that it's impossible so i think for for new zealand um it's also important for me to to show that it is it is possible um and obviously in the future it would be amazing to have more of a structure to help to help us get there because it is obviously extremely tough and i'm not there yet but um at least oh mate you just you just had a few impossible. races You've just had a few races. You've got points, mate. You're doing very, very well. Look, this, this is a little one I want to leave you with. Last time you, I interviewed you, Liam, was standing in pit lane at Pukekohe and Ken Smith had gone into the wall at turn one. Oh, yeah. How much of how much, how much much of a guiding, like as how much a bit of a mentor has Kenny Smith been? Someone that not many people in world motorsport would probably be aware of unless you're a hardcore motorsport fan. But you were you were genuinely worried, as were so many other young drivers. But what sort of, what sort of impact did Ken Smith have on your career? Career. It's interesting. You'd be, you'd be surprised. There's more people that definitely know him than than that don't. Even in the, in the world of Formula One, um, it's, which, which um, still still surprises me now. But um, he he was obviously massive for me, and and especially those early years. Uh, even in when I was in F4 in Australia, he was he was with me at all the races. Um, so he's something that's been a big a big part of my life, and and helped me get into into motorsport, into car racing, especially transitioning from go karts. He's somebody that um, was was yeah really hugely important for me, and I spent a massive amount of time with in in those years, um, sort of during just when I was starting in high school. Um, and he's somebody that since since being in Formula One and doing these races, I I had a phone call with him um, after I think it was after Zandvoort, after the first one or after Monza, um, and caught up, which was which was really really nice to to do that. And he's obviously somebody that I'll definitely be going to see when I get home. Oh, good on you, mate. Love hearing that. I think on that top, I've got a couple of things to, to ask you, but the, I, I, what I love about New Zealand and, and motorsport is this huge support network. It's, it's, a, it's a small country. I think it's, it's five or six million people total, I'm guessing off the top of my head. They, they love their motorsport. You're up against the likes of, of rugby, though. Like That is the, the premier you know, sport yep. In, yep. Uh, in New Zealand. 
but you've got these people, these really altruistic people in New Zealand. You, you, I guess you're Colin Giltraps. You've uh, uh, the gentleman from Roden, who I know supported you throughout. How how important has it been to have the support from the likes of these guys to New Zealand to, to ultimately have this this opportunity to have a crack at Formula One? I it, it, without them, I, it wouldn't wouldn't have even come close. You know, it's something that's. Um, for me, since I was 12 years old, 13 years old, um, my my parents couldn't pay for for racing, especially going into car racing. So um, it's been completely down to the support of companies like Giltrap, like Turners, like Roden, um, Porters, all the guys who have who have backed me, um, and so many others as well. Is is the only reason we're able to to achieve that. And I think we have more support when I speak to drivers. Who, I mean, it's more common now. You see drivers in, in motorsport that have family backing that get them uh, to to close to Formula One or into Formula One. Um, but when when I speak to them and I, I sort of get to understand um, how it happened for these other drivers, you, you understand that for drivers either in America or in Europe or in these countries, it's actually almost. I it sounds like it's harder to get. They have less support from. If you went wanted to get the same support that I got from New Zealand, I don't think it's really possible. Um, from from these other countries, I don't know if it's because the passion's not there or because there's so many of these athletes. But um, yeah, it, it wouldn't. It doesn't sound like it's it's as easy for them. So for for me, it's been not that it's been easy, but it's yeah, solely down to the support of these guys from from New Zealand. No, we we love hearing that, mate. Um. My, Come on, my, Carl, we can't keep him all day, Carlos. We can't keep him all day. Let's no, so, just, we'll... Liam, you're you're in the UK at the moment, is my understanding. Uh, I believe yep. you 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 must be heading back to Japan pretty soon. Well, a lot of people don't realise we're talking about Formula One. You know, till the cows come home. But you've actually got another championship you've been competing in, in the Japanese Super Formula Championship. And uh, I am led to believe that you're currently second in the championship. You had the last round, which was a week before your first F1 call-up. You've done your five races in F1 now, and you've got to go back to Japan to wrap up this, hopefully wrap up this championship. Um, how, how much have you learned over the last five races that you're going to be able to take with you to Suzuka at the final round at the end of this month? I hope, yeah. Obviously, I hope. Um, I hope it does help, and I hope I can take some some things from from an F1. Obviously, driving at Suzuka recently was was good, um, but you know these guys I'm racing in Japan. It's their it's their backyard. They they raced have raced here since since they were very very young. So um, it's going to be pretty tough, I'm sure. Um, and I know something that was pretty clear was even though I'd driven the Formula One car in previous years, jumping into Zandvoort. I mean, obviously, the situation was extremely difficult with the conditions and the, the track layout, but it was a mass. It was more of an adjustment than I remembered. So I'm expecting quite a big adjustment going back to, to the Super Formula car. But um, yeah, it's something that it's been quite strange because for the last two months, my whole life has been Formula One and, and revolved around it. And uh, this week is the first time it's been back to basically, um, you know, like you say, oh, you know, we got another championship to try and to try and fight for. In, in literally two weeks' time. So, um, yeah, it's all, all focused on that. It's going to be, I'm sure, extremely tough. No, that's that's awesome to hear, mate. Uh, very quick one from me. I'm, I'm getting the hurry along, but to, I, I drove Suzuki for the first time a couple of weeks ago in the in the med car, and I, I think I love Bathurst. Don't get me wrong, but I think it is quite possibly the best circuit on the planet. Where does it rank for you and all the circuits you race raced on? Are you talking about Suzuka? Suzuka, Suzuka. Sorry, so talking about Suzuka. Yeah. Yes, yeah. 
it's it's up there yeah for me it's top three uh, for sure um especially the, the it's it really suits like f1 super formula this style of car i think it's just unbelievable like sector one you are you don't even fully come out of out of the throttle in either of either, either of the cars um and whether you're in super formula or f1 it's it's such high load through that section um that you're carrying so much speed it's yeah it's an unbelievable experience and then through the whole app um you have because because it's an older style F1 circuit. You don't have the the runoff in places like Qatar or, or something like that. It's really you feel the risk. Um, and with these high speed sections, you know that if you're you know a couple of centimeters off, you're you're going to basically pay for it. So um, that for me is is one of the best tracks for sure to to, to drive on. All Maybe right, Liam mate. Lawson. You have been an absolute star for coming on Gridwalk. I know everyone in New Zealand and all throughout Australia, I think we're going out on something like 70 different radio stations right now. Everyone tuned in to hear you, mate. Thank you for giving up your time. Good luck with Super Formula Championship. And whether it's staying with Red Bull, getting a Williams on loan drive, maybe even everyone starting these conspiracy theories about Aston Martin for you next year, mate, we are all cheering for you to get a full-time drive next year. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for having me. What a ripper. Liam Lawson joined us with thanks to Sportsnet. Sportsnet Holidays for Money Can't Buy F1 Experiences. Guys, we are going to take a break on Gridwalk. So much more coming up on the other side of this. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433-98-1116. You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reibler. DRS is open. Now it's time for DRS. Drama, rumours, socials. Thanks to Sportsnet. Sportsnet holidays for money can't buy F1 experiences. Remember, if you want to have access to Sportsnet's exclusive travel packages to every thrilling race of the F1 season, jump on sportsnetholidays.com forward slash gridwalk. How cool are uh, Sportsnet for getting on board? They're our interview sponsors as well. Will Barnes joins us on the line. Will, mate, you, did you get a chance to listen in to Liam Lawson? What a ripper. Mate, that was fantastic. Yes, just uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I caught, I caught the end of it. But, uh, mate, no, he's, uh, he's a great young bloke. How good is he, mate? Um, but we're getting straight into Drama Rumours Socials. You're joining us, one of the team from Sportsnet Holidays. Carl and I have just already talked about the heat of Qatar and and me thinking, you know, if they bring in air conditioning, fair dinkum, I don't know what's going on in Formula One, but we'll leave that alone. Mate, big rumour, Carl, big rumour, Will, and it's being refuted, but the big rumour that broke in between Qatar and now is that Checo is going to retire after the Mexico GP. And just like every rumour, it was one of the sponsors talking at a function here. Checo's team are uh, straight on the front foot saying that is not happening. Carl, Will, what do you think, Checo? He's not getting the results. We might go to you, Carl, and we'll go to you, Will. Yeah, look, he's got a contract for 2024. The, the fact that his team have been so adamant that He's going to be there on the grid next year. But I tell you what, he's, he's still not in a happy place. You see him walking around the, you know, the, the paddock area and he's not enjoying himself. He's lost, uh, he's lost that passion for the sport, it seems. I think he needs a good, uh, good sports net holiday, I would say, uh, in, the, uh, in the off season and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and switch off. You must do other holidays outside of Formula One, I'm sure. Go, Will. What do you reckon, mate? Checo to retire. Do you think there's any, uh, any truth into the rumour? Oh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. Uh, he, he would almost have to have the uh, the hardest job in the sport, almost with uh, Max being the teammate. That's not 
not a not a seat if I was any good at driving. Would like to have, to be honest. But <laughs> uh, there's yeah, uh, no. plenty plenty of holidays we can uh, we can send him on outside of Formula One. <laughs> He's going to start sending packages over there because then we can get – I mean, the dream for all of us here in this part of the world is Daniel in a, in a top-tier seat, Oscar in a top-tier seat, and Liam getting a shot for, uh, you know, just for Australian New Zealanders. We, we're basically cousins, aren't we? So we, we're, uh, we're all about it. Now, guys, we're going to have to cut this section short because I basically used up all my time with Liam, which I know our, uh, our audience will love. Uh, let's move on to another one around the heat around Lance Stroll is getting intense. And, Carl, you're going to love this. This, nearly as hot as Alonso's seat in Qatar. Uh, Lance Stroll. Oh, I see what uh, you just did there. Do you like that? How good am I? Um, can you just ask me. Uh, <laughs> does he keep his seat? Should he keep his seat? I mean, what's going on? I think we've had this conversation every week, Cam, and he is not performing compared to his teammate. I think he's, I think he's checked out. I don't think he's enjoying the sport, much like Checo. And I've always been of the opinion, if you if you stop enjoying doing something, you've got to go either reinvigorate that passion again or find something else to do. Um, I, for, for Lance, I, if he loves motorsport still, there's plenty of other opportunities, but I, I just don't see any any spot for him in Formula One. How's you with the big calls today, Carl? You basically said football's not a sport. You've gone in there uh, saying Lance should go gang, and play something else. Gang up on, <laughs> gang up on, gang up on Carl Day. Yeah. You're yeah. Getting, uh, well, we, I, yeah, I was just going to say, I've got one more. Back. I've got one more. One more, Carlos, and this is going to Will now. Now, Will, McLaren power shift starting to occur here. This is what we've been hoping for when we spoke to you a couple of weeks ago. Oscar's getting a bit more of the attention. Where do you think uh, where do you think Lando's at in this power dynamic? And do you think that the rumours about him doing a deal potentially with Red Bull when he finishes his time or his current contract with McLaren? Do you reckon McLaren that's sort of starting to edge in there? Will what do you think? Oscar getting a bit of the uh, the rub of the grain here? Well, he'd have to be thinking about it with Oscar. He, he's well, but he's outperformed him really, uh, especially the last couple of weeks. They've got the same machinery now, and, and Oscar is absolutely flying, which obviously, as Aussies, we're, we're absolutely loving. We, we're certainly getting up and about. Carlos, come on. What do you reckon? I No, I agree. I think uh, Oscar's, Oscar's giving it to them. McLaren are in such a strong place at the moment, which is which is fantastic. So I... Uh, I, I think Lando would be crazy to go to Red Bull to have two drivers. And, and we've seen it before, you know, with, with moves from one team to the other. The old grass is greener move. I, I think McLaren is a pretty happy place to be at the moment. So I, I think Lando should stay. And, and the fact that he's got a teammate that's pushing him, deep down he's got to realise that that's actually good for him as well. You want to have a strong teammate, uh, but just not too strong. Well, Max has come out and said it is the best driver lineup, the best driver pairing out there. At the moment, which I think is huge praise for Oscar Piastri and our mate Sean Kelly, also on the on Twitter, and he, he mentioned it in the show last week, was that um, he's hoping or potentially seeing the new big rivalry being Max Verstappen and Oscar Piastri. It's incredible when we're talking about a rookie in that same, you know, when Max Verstappen's top of his game. Hey, um, Will, we're about to wrap this one up. I used up all the time with uh, Liam Lawson. I hope you don't mind that, but mate. Anything special coming up with Sportsnet Holidays? We know the F1 stuff. Any Grand Prix you want to go to around the world, you can jump onto sportsnetholidays.com forward slash gridwalk. But what else? You got any other sports coming up, mate, that we should be trying to trying to get some tickets for people to? Absolutely. We've got the Australian Open uh, coming up, obviously, in January down here in Melbourne. Uh, and then uh, another – so we've got some fantastic packages for that. WWE in February as well. We will be going on sale with that very shortly as well. Uh, Super exciting times.
Well, mate, can we send some tickets for the Australian Open to Lance Stroll because there was some chat about him starting to take up tennis as well. I am going to get absolutely banned from the Aston Martin garage if I keep this uh, keep this up. Got, yes, Carl? I'm just shaking my head, mate. You're uh, Yeah, you're on fire today. Feeling aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, well, this could be the end of my career, so I might as well go out in the height. You've been tuned into Grid. Well, actually, I shouldn't say you've been tuned into Gridwalk. I'm getting so excited. We've still got more coming up. We're going to take a break on Gridwalk and come back with track sweepers, and we've also got a bit of a chat to have on the stewards' room, Carl. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433981116. You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reindler. On Gridwalk, it's the stewards' room. Thanks to Morris, bringing our personal approach to personal finance. Carl, the stewards' room this week, and it seems like we talk about it every single week. Can you guess what I'm going to say? Can you guess what I'm going to say? No, I've got no idea. Track en- limits. It may, be, it may be my segment at the beginning of the show, and I think everyone's going to agree with me, air conditioning, I mean, for goodness sakes. But... What, how are we going to fix this track, lim- track limits issue? I know that the rules state all four wheels cannot leave the white lines. That is the issue. We are now seeing that many strikes. We thought it was going to be an issue at Monza. It didn't really end up being a, a huge issue there, but it's becoming a bigger issue. How do we fix it? So there was a uh, an interview with the president of the FIA, and I actually wholeheartedly agree with his statement that it's actually a circuit problem. It's it's up to the circuits to fix this issue, uh, whether it's change in curves. I, a big part of the issue is that the circuits are trying to adapt their facilities uh you know, the circuits themselves, the runoff areas for both motorbikes and cars. And what motorbikes need and what cars need are completely different. You can't put slippery, you know, uh, the artificial grass, we call it grass crete, uh, on the exit of these corners because the bikes don't like it. So the circuits are compromising and it's kind of an ultimatum at the moment. It's like, well, you know, from a circuit, uh, circuit point of view, What's more important, having Formula One come or uh, or motorbikes? Find a solution that works for both or basically we're, uh, we're not going to come back to your circuit. Oh, that's not really a solution at the moment. That's just kicking it down the line. But what we are going to do is go to Luke from Preston. Luke's back. He gave us so much. Now, Luke, welcome back to the show on Gridwalk. How cool was Liam firstly? And secondly, I used up all my time, so we've only got a short window with you. No, nah, it was really awesome actually to hear Liam. It's uh, so good to have a Formula One driver, firstly, live on the show. I think it's, it's a rarity for, for Australians to get stuff like that live. So it was awesome to hear Liam. But I wanted to touch on him. I think, firstly, I wanted to touch on a, a couple quick points. As for Liam, I think he's going to struggle to get a seat solely because I reckon the Formula One world at the moment is a little bit sceptical because of what happened with Nick DeVries. He had such a good showing last year. They thought he was going to be the bee's knees. They chuck him in a seat this year obviously underperformed and, and they're back to square one. And I think a lot of teams have that reservation quickly rushing a driver that's done pretty well in a couple of, like a handful of races. So I, I just feel that he might struggle to get a seat, especially when you've got guys like Mick Schumacher, who's raced a few seasons that's currently sitting on the sidelines there. But obviously for, for Australia, New Zealand and motorsport, he's done well. And I do hope he gets on the grid. Um, yeah. Another Oh, we, we just we just lost Luke from press. I'm so sorry, Luke. He was about to say how good I am and that I'm right and that everything uh, is inside track limits. No, Luke, you are a ripper, mate. Sorry we lost you there. I'm not sure what happened, but we'll get you back on a show in the future. Carl, USA coming up. Who wins over there? Max Verstappen or anyone else? 
You know what? I, I'm going to say, you're going to see McLaren take uh, take line honours over there uh, next week. I'm pumped for it. It's going to be a great Grand Prix. I'm going to miss it. I'm uh, going to be watching from my living room at home. So I'm going to be calling MotoGP at Phillip Island. You've been tuned in to Gridwalk, and we cannot wait to see you next week.